0: Welcome to the Truth CSGO podcast episode 86. Today we're talking all about the leagues ESL, Blast and Flashpoint. Also some thoughts on recent tournaments, the Ice Challenge, DreamHack Open Leipzig and Blast Spring Season. And finally a bit of discussion on the roster changes since 2019 and some upcoming tournaments. Hey guys, this is Electro. I hey guess I'm Guardian. This is Dabs. This is Nico. This is Nifty. This is Chris J. This is Fair. Called Zara. This is Karigan. Are you listening to Truth. The Truth. The, Truth? the Truth. the Truth. The Truth. The Truth. The Truth. CSGO Podcast. The Truth CSGO Podcast. The Truth CSGO Podcast. Are we rushing in, or are we going sneaky, peaky like? So the biggest news in CSGO right now are these leagues that are happening. If you're anything like me you're a little bit confused by the whole thing <laughs> uh you know what when i started this podcast it was already confusing i don't know if you remember but it, i'm sure it was like the first you know several or so episodes where i was still trying to work out what the hell the difference was between ECS and epl it appears i'm not the only one because Uh, (laughs) ECS at least has ceased to exist um, partially because they basically had no point of difference between EPL but before we get stuck into that let's just talk about the three leagues themselves there are going to be three one is ESL, one is Blast and one is Flashpoint and the leagues have basically come about in an attempt to uh, turn Counter-Strike into (laughs) a profitable exercise we've talked about the idea that this might have been a bit of a bubble the whole time probably on the last podcast actually as well and i guess the leagues are in some way an effort to cull down the amount of teams playing make it a bit more profitable for the tournament organizers but also tie the teams more tightly to the profit uh, possibilities of the actual tournaments and games themselves so there's three of them esl uh flashpoint and Blast Premiere, let's talk about ESL first up. These guys are doing basically what they did last year with ESL Pro League or EPL, except they've cut it in half. They had 48 teams last year, there's now 24, and they're gonna be playing in a studio in March for a month, which will be culminating in an arena finals. Also should be noted, this is gonna be happening at the exact same time as Blast, uh, as not as Blast, as Flashpoint is happening. Anyway, the teams are buying into the league in some form or another, getting a revenue share from the events, uh, not only in this month, but also throughout the year that ESL holding, which of course also include the IEM events. Uh, Some teams were pretty unhappy about this, especially because ESL announced on their Twitter by listing the teams that had been invited, which did not include 24 teams. (laughs) And apparently some of those teams had not actually uh, accepted at that point. Um, There was a lot of uh, criticism for ESL to esl for the way they handled this primarily because they did not let the teams know until almost i think two or three weeks out from the actual epl games they should have been playing this was a t- this was a tournament that they had uh, prepared for sorry qualified for the year prior and one can only assume had sponsorships uh that were relying on their exposure at these tournaments so that's a um shitty deal for them i think the a lot of criticism also came about the way that they they simply said that the teams they they mentioned the teams that were invited and didn't mention that the teams hadn't accepted at that point um that's that to me is not a, a big deal i think that's uh Par for the course, if you've ever tried to host a party or make a film or organize anything really. Sometimes you just kind of have to make it known who else is considering being involved. And this is par for the course in Hollywood, and often why you'll see news that reports actors as being attached or interested in various scripts and productions. Sometimes this news is just leaked by people who are interested in getting other people involved. If I want to get Brad Pitt in a film and Jennifer Aniston, Um, and neither of them are going to sign on to a film that no one else has signed on to. I'll say to Brad Pitt, oh, yeah, Jennifer's interested, and I'll say to Jennifer, yeah, Brad Pitt's interested, and hopefully I'll get them both at the same time. That's a very common uh, technique. Perhaps it's not as common in the Counter-Strike scene. I don't think that means it's bad. Um, ESL are apparently working on a way that these affected teams, which I will list in a moment because I haven't seen listed anywhere, uh, in a way that these affected teams who are now relegated back down to MDL... Uh, are going to be able to get back into EPL MDL is of course the Mountain Jew League if that confuses you it should be even more confusing because the MDL is also ESEA Premier which as far as I can tell is basically the European version of Face It, which is a different platform for people who play Counter-Strike matchmaking uh, which has 128 tick servers aka more uh, responsivity and a better anti-cheat apparently um, so, these guys are going to be in a leg up. I think it could be that they might qualify a little bit easier, perhaps with a pre existing win under their belt. I'm not sure. The list of the teams are Big Aristocracy, Windigo, Sprout, Hellraisers, E United, Swap Patrol, Envy, Singularity, Chiefs, Order, Avant, Paradox, Ground Zero, Really Weird, Catman. <laughs> I love Catman. Lucid Dream, Alpha Red, Boot, Dreamscape, Big Time, Regal Gaming vichy mvppk and invictus i haven't reached out to any of these teams it's a slippery slope you reach out to one you should reach out to them all i don't want to be a journalist if you want to be a journalist get in touch <clears throat> now i don't have really high hopes for esl the league at this point these guys are number one so i don't know why they should try harder uh they're gonna have the best teams for sure we've already seen some of the teams that flashpoint are getting and they're definitely not of the caliber uh that's out there um And some of those teams that I've just read out are actually in a close qualifier for the next league which we're going to talk about which is Flashpoint. This was previously known as B-Site. This is an entirely new league that will be based in the US and it's going to feature 12 teams with spots open for qualifying. We know thus far that teams are buying in for $2 million and the emphasis will be on a product that is different, more adult and leans into what is already unique about the CSGO community with a focus on banter and player personalities. There's a tournament series that will culminate in a double elimination playoff. I think it's, I'm pretty sure it's across the month of March as well. The the 12 teams, as mentioned, there's going to be 10 that are made up by founding partners, so the people who've bought in, and the two teams remaining will be uh, through the qualifiers. Um, And I think the teams are going to be getting like a $25,000 a month stipend for for being part of the league. So that's a big leg up for Tier 2, Tier 3 teams without sponsors. Um, the teams are going to pick their opponents live and have to give reasons for their pick which I think is freaking cool this is going to be best of threes the seeding is ridiculously complex and basically reads like the lyrics to the hokey pokey if they can make something fun out of the way it's seated rather than simply being something that the tournament announces as a done deal then I think it's a great idea Now, I have long bemoaned uh, a lack of good content in CSGO. I've long bemoaned a lack of good content. Uh, Both from around the teams and the tournaments here, I think there's a massive hole that is not being filled and a large amount of eyes that are not being uh, used in between tournaments. And if these guys can do something new with it, then all power to them. I don't think it's a very high bar for them to get over. Uh, But it would be very nice to see it raised. Now, I have been in charge of creating content for various organizations at various times in my life. And depending on the brand, it can be a thankless task. Hopefully, they're not going to be too precious with a corporate image out of the gate. Duncan Thorne Shields is the creative director. And he's known for not really being too moderate in the way he does things. Um, And so... If they can differentiate themselves from ESL Pro League and Blast Premier, then that's exciting because at this point in time, the only differentiations we really have in the circuit or really had in 2018-2019, for example, were the resort-style tournaments like Mykonos, etc. Um, A few different things at Blast, like the one-on-ones, you know, um, versus type things, and also Beyond the Summit and the more casual type of tournament. Um, It should be noted as well that ECS died for this league. ECS does no longer exist. The owners slash founders of Flashpoint, who I think include Cloud9 and Immortals, pitched this to face it, this idea of this league, who evidently had been losing money on ECS and realized they needed to differentiate themselves back at the beginning of 2019, um, which I agreed with, uh, and they needed to stop ECS. um, Sorry, and they agreed to stop ECS and do the production for Flashpoint. So now... One of the interesting things here here is that uh, I haven't heard any complaints from anyone about the death of ECS so it's probable that they were talking to teams a lot earlier and EPL ended up doing it, preparing them for a change. Uh, And I guess whatever they're doing is to make the scene sustainable. Now the third league we are talking about today is Blast Premier. Blast essentially had the makings of a league last year, but things got a little rough and it kind of felt a bit like they were making it up as they went along. Their tournaments also suffered from 3 best of 1s happening at the same time and a fairly limited pool of teams, Well, this year it's all best of 3s. And they're happening uh, one by one, which is exciting. The limited pool of teams is not that different. I think there's 12 teams. Um, We've got Phase, Liquid, NIP, MIBR, Astralis, Na'Vi, Team Vitality, Complexity, Evil Geniuses, 100 Thieves, G2, and OG. And this reminds me, I did not mention the teams in Flashpoint because the teams in Flashpoint, and this is very important. um, I guess i briefly mentioned them, but they are definitely Tier 2 when you compare them to who's going to be showing up at Blast and EPL. Or at least who we think is going to be showing up at Blast and EPL. EPL, we've got the moment, point moment. Um, actually I don't have the list in front of me, but they basically involve um, MIBR, Cloud9, sort of the highest rank there. We've got Dignitas, the uh, NIP boys, the ex-NIP boys, and a few other that are definitely hovering around the tier two mark. I think MIBR is probably the highest ranked team there for sure. Anyway, back to the Blast Pro. This basically involves two seasons, spring and fall spring and fall that's how they're structuring blast premiere this year spring and fall the naming of which fills me with a 2020 level of social media rage do they not care that half literally half the world have seasons that are exact opposite of spring and fall for northern hemisphere this is actually one of those things that's kind of not a big deal i don't really care that it's spring or fall i'll watch it i won't be confused but that's just the thing like it's not a big deal so therefore would it have been that hard to come up with something else like alpha series bravo series a series b series anthony series bourdain series season one or season two fire on ice Bert and ernie washing machine and cactus flower or if they wanted to tie it to the rotation of the earth call it rotation one and rotation two anyway rotation one and rotation two have three parts um, series showdown and finals and the series which we're in the middle of right now has three weeks of matches at the end of the two um rotations the top teams will go into the global final and there's various amounts of money won along the way they kind of don't mean anything to the viewers um and the global final winner will actually win one million dollars so there's a million dollar prize at the end of this in fact um i forget what it was in epl um and flashpoint Suffice to say, I'm not sure it's $1 million because that is actually the same as the Intel Grand Slam. Anyway, that's pretty banging. Um, I guess you don't really care about the smaller amounts until it hits $1 million. There are some playing spots here and some wildcard spots that Blast are going to choose um, other than those 12 teams I mentioned. And so some of the, I think there's three teams are going to be qualifying based on winning other stuff um, and getting points in some ridiculous brain melting system uh, and there's one other team that they're just going to choose I guess based on what high up manager at Blast had golf with which manager at <laughs> which team on the weekend prior anyway that's kind of the, the overview of the three leagues uh, if this brings a bit of stability to the scene, wonderful if it brings a differentiation of product wonderful I'm very excited to see what's going to happen. I'm not looking forward to having to choose between two leagues. That sucks. And I wish EPL and Flashpoint would have been able to work out a way uh, that they weren't um, being viewed at the same time. And if I've completely misunderstood when these dates are happening, then I apologize. But I'm pretty sure we're going to have to choose. And to be honest with you, if Flashpoint's going to actually offer something new and engaging, I probably will be tuning into that. Um, But let's just talk just a little bit before we end this section about the first couple of weeks of Blast Premiere because we have had them and they've been some fun matches. Uh, This is a studio-based series, I guess, or section of the spring series. (laughs) Um, It's much like Gfinity if you're from Oz and you managed to catch that before it died last year. And the studio for my money can feel a little underbaked at the worst of times. Um, But it's definitely a a far more engaging product than the online leagues we had in 2018. And it really gets cooking uh, when the teams have friends and family in the crowd. Uh, we did see an example of that when Jason Lake turned up for Complexity. I want to see girlfriends. I want to see fathers, uh, brothers, English teachers, high school bullies. Um, everybody should be getting a profile at the bottom you know, with the relationship and we can watch their um, reactions to the big plays. That's, that's where the intimacy gets good Hopefully, we'll see more of that. Faze managed to come out the victors of the very first uh, week. Uh, they they beat a very lackluster-looking liquid, actually a demoralized-looking liquid, uh, a completely outclassed MIBR and a very disorganized NIP. <clears throat> this was actually the phase of ESL New York 2018. This was confidence banging, like everybody was going off. Olaf was going off. Rain, you know, when rain goes off, that's when this team is really cooking Um it's just a shame that they didn't kind of have any tournament straight after this because this could have been a, a monster run from these guys. MIBR now have Mayurn. He replaced Lucas1. He's a 17-year-old Argentinian who was on Sharks and is yet to impress against Tier 1 opposition IMHO. Uh, it's a shame Lucas1 didn't really kind of do much on this team. NIP have, of course, lost Forrest to the new Dignitas team and now have Nork. He's a fellow Swede they poached from Gamer Legion. Um, It's early days for them yet. Na'Vi, Vitality, Complexity and Astralis made up the second week, the second group, the death group. Complexity managed to stun us all, (laughs) pretty much, with victories over Vitality and Astralis. um, And kind of dominant victories too. They uh, then lost to Na'Vi in the final matchup. (coughs) Now, Complexity reminded me a lot of Furia. They were really playing a lot of No Respect CS, but also there was something new about what they were doing. <coughs> Pardon me, it felt like they were a kind of part of their own meta in, in some subtle ways. And it was very nice to see them actually have some victories after bombing out of their qualifiers thus far. They've still got one more chance to qualify for the EU minor after bombing out of the first two and then missing the third one, I think because of this actual tournament itself. Now, Na'Vi looked the most pumped up we've seen them in a while. Uh, they have a new edition of Perfecto from Siman or Simon. And yeah, that's the team that are under suspicion of throwing a bunch of matches. We have put them under the uh, microscope in the past, in the past on this podcast. And I'm, I have to laugh when I say microscope because what sort of a microscope am I applying to anyone really? N- none at all, to be honest. Just a uh, very distant monocle. Um, anyway, Perfecto has some 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 moments, and, and every team, every member of this team had their moments. Uh, they didn't really impress me tactically. They kind of felt a bit like Liquid when Liquid were in their dominant run. Now, this is my sore spot. This is a very, very tender, tender part of CSGO at the moment for me because I think it's an absolute savage crying shame what's happened to Guardian, and I'm filled with an incandescent rage when I hear people talk about him as if he sucks and he's over the hill. There was nothing. There was nothing to indicate he was over the hill on phase. Okay, his stats had slightly fallen since 2016-17. Only slightly. And a lot more in the last six months on phase. But the whole team was falling. And the team was, was, was screwed. And when he came to Na'Vi, he was obviously so uncomfortable. And this is a team of five people. Five other people. Why? Why was he so uncomfortable? He wasn't uncomfortable on FaZe. He was just punching the clock. Why was he suddenly so uncomfortable on Na'Vi? We've heard simple say he was looking forward to getting the orb back when Guardian was gone. So let's not pretend for a moment that whatever pressure he and the team were putting on Guardian didn't contribute to his performance. Come on. I'm always at the point where I'm going to make a frag movie for Guardian. I'm that furious. Have we all forgotten what he's capable of? No one drops off that hard that quickly. Every time we saw him in the studio, he was sweating as if someone was looking at him, breathing down his neck, going, hey, 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 I gave up the orb from you. I'm the number one player in the world, and I give up the orb for you. You better frag the fuck out. I have no evidence to back this up. Pure conjecture on my part. Um, and that is a rabid fan speaking anyway that's it for the leagues Uh, you know one other thing I should just mention before we end this section is really that Counter-Strike just hit 900,000 concurrent players and I remember only a couple of years ago Dota was 1 million something and we were like hovering around 500k actually just really kind of touching the tip at 500k now we've overtaken it uh, it feels wonderful and the leagues could not come at a better time Let's talk about some recent tournaments. So, the most recent one we had was the ICE uh, GG.Bet Challenge. Now, I actually learned a few things about ICE GG.Bet Challenge uh, in doing the preparation for this podcast that I didn't realize while I was watching it. Anyway, this was a $250,000 event in London. And it was won by Mouse Sports. They took down Na'Vi 3 be- 1 in a best of five grand final with an insane ace from Chris J. If you didn't see the train map, I would check it out. It's been a lot of fun to see uh, Mouse Sports doing well. And when I had my little break from Counter Strike, it was just lovely to sit back and watch them ascend to the heavens in the latter half of 2019. But anyway, the IceGG.bet IceGG, challenge. Um, We'll go into the teams in a second, but ICE stands for International Casinos Exhibition. I did not know that. International Casinos Exhibition. Although on their website, they stress to uh, point out now, it is not just casinos anymore. It's also digital gambling. So around this tournament that was being played was basically an expo. Hundreds of gambling companies exhibiting their wares. And the homepage it basically focuses on like the the, the tournament is, the the event basically focuses on bringing in new gamblers and gamblers from other sports and Ice London it says is the global gathering for gaming professionals looking to source product and or service solutions covering all sectors betting bingo <laughs> I didn't realise bingo was like a an industry uh, casino esports lottery mobile online social sports betting and street I don't know what street is. I assume chickens are involved or roosters and spurs. Um, This was a show match basically for the gaming industry. And I don't mean computer gaming. I mean gambling. And anyone who calls gambling gaming can eat a bowl of shit. Uh, So the other teams here were Na'Vi. As I said, they faced mouse sports in the final. They're only just finding their feet here and they definitely found them. Later on with Blast. OG, we had, I think it was their land debut. These guys didn't look great. Of course, they are the new roster of Alexi B, NBK, Valde, Issa, and Mantu with ex-North coach Rugger. They beat Ents in the first match, which was very exciting. Oh, what an exciting storyline. Alexi B has taken revenge against the team that ejected him. What an exciting narrative. Uh, they lost 2-0 after that to Na'Vi and Mad Lions. Mad Lions?! NBK apparently is back to calling the CT side for OG like he was doing with Vitality. I guess because it was working so well with Vitality. I'm not sure. Uh, Another team that was here was Godsent. Now, Godsent did quite well. I'm I'm a bit more positive about Godsent because what did we expect from them? Absolutely pretty much nothing. They found some victories against Ents here. They beat VP, of course, uh, the old, um, what are they called, you know, old mates of <laughs> um, they took a map off navi as well they're now ranked 18th 18th considering they spent basically almost all of 2019 as the non-salaried team no chance this is amazing that they are now here and stuck together in fact what's even more amazing is that no one has poached sticko from this team Now, ENTS were obviously disastrous here at this tournament. Um, Obviously disastrous. I don't know why I said obviously, but they were. I wouldn't be surprised if all the crap from the community has contributed to what's going on in that team. And let's put it this way. If your friend gets divorced and says, I don't want to talk about the reason, it's possible that you might shit on your friend, but you would probably do it behind closed doors as a way to work out whether your friends, your other friends feel the same way or to achieve consensus on an opinion. But the way gossip works now is that people shit on other people anonymously, but publicly. So the people involved can read it. They cannot really come back against it. And the people who post it suffer almost none of the social consequences that they would by gossiping in front of someone about their life. I'm very guilty of this. I'm incredibly guilty of this. Uh, But let's not pretend for a second that ENTS are just a dog shit team because LXEB is no longer there. They have been uh, pooped on from a great height. Now, some of the content at the IceGG.bet challenge was questionable. One segment involved uh, a host electrocuting players for getting the wrong question in a quiz. I think the players were Carrigan and Frozen. They had little electrodes on their arms. Uh, which was weird, especially considering, I guess, they need the arms to play, right? That's their livelihood. Um, As I said, it was hosted by, uh, well, he was a really unpleasant and smarmy Ukrainian dude. Uh, Probably not in real life, but in this segment, he came off that way, and (laughs) this is how bad it was. It made me wish for Parler. I like Parler. I'm very fond of him, but sometimes his segments just go absolutely nowhere. Look, I think their intentions were good, but it was kind of horrible. It was really horrible. If you're a fan of *Carrigan* and *Frozen*, as I am, I really didn't want to see them electrocuted. It kind of reminded me when I was about 23. I went to Vietnam, and the, some guy on a motorbike said to me, "You want to go to a circus?" And I'm like, "Hell yeah, I'll go to a circus!" And so I got on a boat and went across to this island uh, to this circus with a bunch of other travelers, and basically saw a bunch of performing dogs and performing bears, uh, which was very surreal and I was just I just had my mouth open um, and the Vietnamese you know they'd train these animals to do amazing things and the Vietnamese were very proud of them but two of the Swedish girls on the trip just started crying because it was just horrible in, if you looked at it from a certain way it was just this huge bear um, used to sort of getting its own way because it's a bunny bear wearing a tutu and uh, rolling around on, a, on an oil drum um you know in fear of being whipped uh and this is a little bit how (laughs) the ice gg.bet content felt like uh now the other tournament we had was dreamhack leipzig leipzig Uh, i'm not going to go on about this too much because it was a while ago now but it was a hundred thousand dollar tournament in january actually you know what there are a few things to say here because it was the debut of a few uh new and upcoming rosters now this was won by big NA finals with Renegades Big showed the promise of the new roster you might recall last ep I think it was last ep maybe they didn't have Surson and Keto. maybe Smulya was still there anyway we've got Gobby is now the manager Surson and Kito have come over from Sprout Smulya's gone off to NA with Steel, uh, and these guys were actually cracking Sentara was actually cracking it was great Tabs was cracking now Renegades are of course the ex-Greyhound team and they debuted with Hats Hats has replaced Dick Stacy. Uh, hats, of course, is Jordan Brzezik. I've interviewed him on this podcast before. He's a good bloke. And this is nice to see him get a bit of a leg up from order, where he's been for, I think, maybe two years now, three years. He replaced Dick Stacey, of course. Dick Stacy got a very good account of himself, I thought, in his farewell video, uh, where he basically tried to make a bit of a point uh, that um, he wasn't always in charge of the way people used him as a meme and shouldn't be held accountable for that way basically or basically for what the community did with the humor he injected into the scene Uh, i think it shouldn't be underestimated the notoriety he brought to that team and also the australian scene you gotta love it or hate it but he if you you have to admit he brought the pr and he didn't do it by shitting on anyone he did not do it by criticizing anybody or giving a hot take on anything or calling anyone out um, from a moral high horse <laughs> so good on him uh, he apparently has an eye condition let's hope if that's an actual real thing that uh, it clears up and we see him back in the game third to fourth in this tournament was Mad Lions and Eroik Heroics seem to have plateaued after their growth was halted by the departure of Blamph and Freiburg last year Mad Lions are of course uh, doing some very interesting things we know that team is IGL'd by Hunden He's at the helm, although it mostly seems to be anti-stratting and preparation from the eye test that's really giving them these victories, these upsets. We saw them, I think, win maybe one game off Mouse Sports at ice and push them to the very limit in the uh, in the matchup, the second matchup against them. There, um, I guess it's a little less innovation here and a little less firepower and just some. Very curious, interesting anti-stratting from Hunden, at least from my eye test. We also had North here. They, of course, have their new edition of MSL, which is ridiculously unexciting. I don't know why they've brought him back. I don't have anything against him. I think he's a great player. I guess it's just because he anti-stratted Astralis and won their last tournament, which I think was DreamHack in 2018. Am I getting that wrong? Was it that long ago? Uh, Anyway, he's replaced Jacob Hansen, a.k.a. Yugi, who I damn well like. I like that guy, and I think something happened here that is very strange, and I would liken it to Guardian. Something went on with this guy, because the way he was playing when he joined this team has just been pants for so long, and we've seen him play like a god. Now, North also had a rebrand, which is very ironic, considering I've often mentioned that they were the team with the best branding up until now, and in fact, their branding was the best thing they had going for them. Cloud 9 also debuted their new roster on land this is the team they bought off ATK the South Africans you have previously heard them on this podcast because they were trying to uh, go fund their uh, <laughs> their team at one point basically so they've definitely landed on their feet actually half of that team is now American and ATK have since gone on to pick up more South Africans to feed into the uh, more the churning more of North America these guys did all right at this tournament they seem competent and hungry. They've obviously got some chemistry as well. They tied 7th and 8th, oh no, tied 7th and 8th out here. This tournament was Sprout and Virtus Pro, aka X of These guys look pretty dreadful and it's as if they really haven't been doing any solid practice in the break. Who knows what's going on there? Sprout actually now have Oscar, but it doesn't seem like he's enough to elevate the rest of the team from being just Tier 2, Tier 3 just yet. Although I will say, some people dump on Speedy, Richard Lewis in particular, but the dude has the highest KD ratio behind Simple during the last 12 months of ESL events. And in fact, Surson and Favon were in the top 10 of those players. And Favon in particular, is a beast. Don't sleep on that mofo. If he doesn't get poached, it's going to be him and Oscar who take this team over the line. Whether it's from Tier 3 to Tier 2 or t- <laughs> Tier 2 to the edge of Tier 1... This guy plays better against Tier 1, unlike the rest of his team, unlike the rest of a lot of pros. So I would keep an eye on Favon. That's the tournaments for the most recent past. Let's talk about the roster changes we didn't, the final roster changes we haven't talked about that happened across the break. And then we'll talk about some of the tournaments that are coming up. So, there's been a huge amount of roster changes since the uh, last podcast in October, and I'm not going to talk about them all. Let's just talk about three teams of note that have had some large changes. We're going to talk about Gen G, Dignitas, and Envy. Gen G is, of course, Bentet, Daps, Automatic, Cooster, and SOM now. We will see them at Anaheim against Ents on their LAN debut. Dreamhack Anaheim, that's very soon. These guys beat Riot Squad and Chaos to get there. They had some mixed results otherwise in their qualifiers going down to INTZ. In the Katowice qualifier I have to say this lineup doesn't feel too exciting just yet maybe because some of the old names are here and probably the fact that Som hasn't impressed really since he joined Complexity a year two years ago uh, but Ben Ted is of course amazing and our lord and savior <coughs> as is Automatic so if these guys can use Daps and Kustra supports they should climb into the top 20 I think they're ranked 48th now I don't see them getting into the top 10 without probably one more roster change, though. Um, But, yeah. I also think Bentet's great, but he's not, like, hard, hard carry. He's a hard carry in the Asia scene and the Oceania scene, but whether he can hard carry in NA and Europe, I'm not sure. Now, Dignitas is the old NIP lineup. They've gotten the band back. And I feel like I'm watching a movie with uh, Morgan Freeman and (laughs) Jack Nicholson at this point. We have Forrest, Freiburg, Get Right, Exist, and a Norwegian sniper called Hallzerk. He has teamed up with them and impressed very much so. These guys topped the the first EU Open qualifier for the minor. At times, actually, during this uh, little qualifying run, they all popped off. Dignitas is, of course, a North American organization. And this is a roster for nostalgia. Um, It's great. I think it's another mode of team to go for in the scene. We've got teams that are obviously vying for the number one spot. We've got teams that are made to have a tilt at the number one spot. We've got teams that are purely national, like, uh, mm, well, MIBR, not really so much anymore, but usually Australis, I guess. Uh, We've got international teams like FaZe and Mouseports, And then we've got the team that just basically gives us warm feelings in our gut and you know what's great we're not going to have that conflicting feeling that we've had with nip in the past where we wanted them to win kind of knew it wasn't going to happen and we also wanted the players to stay the old players to stay but also knew it wasn't working this way we've got a clean start we can all get aboard the nostalgia train and there's no illusions about where we're going these guys are not going to be number one but they're going to turn up and we're all going to cheer and tears will fall from our eyes when Forrest gets uh, some dirty one taps. Now, team Envy is the last team we're going to talk about here. Team Envy have Nifty, Mihu, Calyx, Ryan, and Moose. <laughs> I'm going to say that again: Nifty, Mihu, Calyx, Ryan, and Moose. Mihu from Virtus Pro, Calyx from Space Soldiers, Moose you know from E United, Ryan from Singularity, and guess who's their coach? Legia. So this is an absolute dog's breakfast and look firstly i will say i'm not convinced nifty isn't just an incredible salesman and that is not a knock uh it's come out that he's basically got the ear of the NV owner i don't know what is behind this whether it's truth truth or not but that's the idea and he has built the roster sort of you know around him and around his whims um i think nifty's got skills but i think he's got even more charisma this team, however, unfortunately, feels a bit like a child's party where everyone kind of got their lolly bags, but the parents suddenly realized they didn't have enough lolly bags. There was like one kid left. So they go to the cupboard and get whatever stuff is left in there that no one wants to eat, like the licorice jelly baby, like the coffee-flavored thing that someone's grandma left, like a musk stick, um, like a green snake that's old with like the white stuff. <laughs> anyway, they've shoved it in this little bag. The bag's good because they had leftover bags and they've tied it up. And they've given it to this poor kid, but when he gets home, it's like, oh, I don't want to eat this. If this team wins a tournament in 2020, I will do a full face and name reveal. Now, what's kind of interesting about these teams and th- something I was thinking a lot about over the break is that the more you stay in the scene, the less your team <laughs> basically is the same as it was when you started barracking for them. And It means that your relationship with counter-strike changes over the course of your being a fan and i don't think necessarily it's thought about enough or talked about enough and dignitas is a very interesting development uh with this in mind and where i'm coming from maybe can be best described by this philosophical idea that's one of the oldest philosophical Ideas or exercises, apparently, Uh, but it's this idea of Theseus's ship. It's something that Plato used to talk about back in the you know four hundred, five hundred BC. It's the idea that the ship that the ship of Theseus was put in a museum, right? If it was put in a museum and for hundreds of years it stayed in this museum with a placard saying the ship of Theseus, and eventually pieces rotted over the course of hundreds of years and were replaced and this happened until every piece of the ship was replaced, one by one, would it still be the ship of Theseus at the end of this? Um, And therefore, what is identity? If it is the ship of Theseus, is identity therefore not related to the materials or the minerals or the composition of the item or the object? And the other extrapolation of this is, if those parts that were replaced were replaced with better parts or different parts, so it wasn't just replacing a wooden keel that had rotted with another wooden keel, but perhaps a steel keel or a motor propeller, would it still be the ship of Theseus then? And <clears throat> I think the most interesting way to, to, to think about this argument or this idea is when you apply it to ourselves because essentially over time all of our cells become replaced essentially I'm not sure whether it's exactly all of them but I think more or less and therefore are we the same person at the end of our life as we were at the beginning if actually all the component parts of us have been replaced Um, and the sense of identity and thoughts and memories we had at the very beginning we do not even remember when we're at the end Uh, and I think you can apply the same thing (laughs) to some of these Counter-Strike teams. Should I still be going for Envy considering I loved their original French roster or original, but their um, major winning French roster uh, when they now consist of Nihu, Mihu, Nifty, Mihu, Calix, Ryan, Moose and Legia. It's a philosophical question. If you like the brand, go for it. But what's your identity then? And what's the identity of the brand? And I think this is where the teams are losing out Probably to the players. If I was a team organizer, I would do a lot more um, branding of the actual team. And I think one of the one of the only teams that really does this well is Complexity, because Jason Lake has more popularity in some ways than the players he has. Uh, I think Ocelot does this, contributes this to G two. I think. Um, Hector used to do this with... um, What was it called? Um, (laughs) Forgotten them already. They've only been out of the scene for like six months. Um, You know who I'm talking about, the Green Wall guys. Oh, my God. What a short memory we have. There you go. I remember Hector. I don't remember the name of the Counter-Strike team. If you're a a fan, you know exactly who I'm talking about. If you're a team owner... (coughs) What I'm saying is make sure that your ship of Theseus has an identity beyond the parts that it's made up of because as we, as we can see, Dignitas now has completely hijacked any nostalgia value really that Ninjas in Pajamas had. I mean, you know, yeah, okay, they've got a bit but really the stock has gone to Dignitas now and I think that's all very interesting to think about. Let's talk about what's coming up in the very near future. So we have DreamHack Open Anaheim. That's $100,000 prize uh, money happening with uh, ENS, Forza, MIBR, Furia, North, Complexity, Gen G, and Endpoint. It's going to be happening very soon. If you don't know who Endpoint is, they are a UK organization. They bought the old Epsilon lineup. They have known as Phoenix for a bit. The Epsilon lineup, uh, of course, are uh, Thomas and Co. Actually, this team have a Swede and a Dutchie, but three members from the UK. So that's kind of fun. It's very rare that we get to see some English Toffs playing Counter-Strike on the stage. After Anaheim, we have IM Katowice. That's going to have 16 teams who I won't read out. But uh, safe to say the top 12 are all going to be there fighting for $500,000. Also, Blast Spring Series continues, I think, tonight or tomorrow night. It starts again. Uh, We're going to see 100 Thieves, Evil Geniuses, G2, and OG duke it out. Also, the minor closed qualifiers continue. This is the very last minor closed qualifier for Europe. Um, And I think, as of this podcast, Game of Legion have been knocked out, so we will not be seeing Dennis at the Major, Rio, um, it did confuse the crap out of me you might have seen that I tweeted about it not realizing there were four of these qualifiers the most interesting team to follow in these qualifiers is of course Complexity as I said they're ranked 28th but they did take down the number one team Astralis and who else was it Navi Vitality so if they don't manage to qualify in the open minor European qualifiers then as Creepers Uh, finally, IEM Sydney has been announced as not being IEM Sydney anymore and it's actually going to be IEM Melbourne uh, and that's going to be headlining Melbourne Esports Open this year. So if you were looking forward to doing some shoes with the boys at the Kudos Bank Arena with OJ Borg providing the uh, vocal soundtrack, you will have to get on the train or the plane or the car seat and uh, make your way to Melbourne. This is headlining the Melbourne Esports Open, as I said, which is in its third year, which has a lot of other games going on. I think it's been headlined by uh, Lowell in the past, um, some some other esport that I don't play. Um, esport Observer, which is a website, <laughs> reported that Josh Inman, the ESL Australian operations manager, said the pull of Melbourne was undeniable and the support from partners and state tourism agencies were putting in the effort, or, or something like that, you, if you've been watching the tennis recently uh, specifically the Australian Open you would know the arena it's the Rod Laver Arena $250,000 is up for grabs at this tournament and I think it's going to be crucial apparently to the seeding for the major in the second half of the year um, some way that ESL is going to do the rankings is really dependent on IEM Sydney or I am Melbourne so it's actually going to mean something Um, The $250,000 actually will not be being paid in cash. It will all be paid for in the local currency of Melbourne, aka artisanal coffee and moustache wax. Now, Carmack has come out and said that hopping on the back of MEO was a way to get a broader audience, and I don't blame him. IM Sydney certainly felt like it had a plateau in terms of numbers uh, in between the years I went. And maybe, um, you know, living in Melbourne, people have a lot less to do. there's a lot less to do you know it's raining there's no harbor to sail in there's no beaches um so maybe we'll get double numbers double the numbers of I am Sydney I wouldn't be surprised (laughs) that's it for the podcast this week um just I guess a little bit on what I was doing while I was away Uh, if you recall i was basically putting the podcast aside just for a focus a little bit uh just to focus a little bit on my life purpose pretty much (laughs) things didn't go quite as planned as which you know i should have really planned for um but i did have a film that i wrote in cinemas which was pretty cool um i've had a film that i've done drafts of in cinemas before but this had my name smack bang up there on the credits so that was exciting and one of those life goals ticked off. Uh, now, if you are interested in helping out with this podcast in any way, shape, or form, just get in touch. I'm tired of uh, of having people agree to do the news and then do it for one week and then not do it for two. <laughs> um, it's 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 been a bit of a recurring theme. But if you have a journo bone in your body or you just want to be involved, just get involved. Just help me out. I've uh, I'm probably not going to be going as, as full on as I was the last couple of years with this podcast going ahead. I need to be more relaxed about it because it was getting to be a um, bit of a drain on my other goals at the end of the year. So if you want to help out, be in touch. The truth at the truthcsgo.com or on Twitter. My DMs are always open at the TruthCSGO. <clears throat> and uh, the music is by Beaufort. We are affiliated kind of loosely, very loosely at this point with csgo to asia I haven't talked to those guys for a long time, but if you are looking for some insight and news on the Asian scene, those guys are definitely the place to go. All right, until next time, enjoy the game.